year. What's going on? Um, with me, not much. Fall has finally decided to grace Central Texas with its presence, which means I now have an excuse to wear sweaters and hoodies outside, not just in the crib because I keep it 60 some odd degrees during the day. My wife really doesn't love that at night, but I would much rather be cold, crawl under a warm comforter than to sweat it out. I'm a Louisiana kid, born and raised. I hate humidity. I don't want to have to deal with any semblance of it. So I'll take the cool where I can. And if I can control it, then so be it. But right now, we'll go for a walk outside and be just fine. And I will bask in it. Not only does fall mean cooler weather, but it also means we are officially deep into the throes of football season. Not just in the NFL, but the college game. And I've been peeking around at some potential prospects going into next season because we all know where the charges are deficient and I can't help myself. But, oh, yo. Let me ask y'all a question really quickly. Um, so took the kids trick or treating and uh, got to one house and they were handing out hot dogs. And I didn't want to be rude, so I let the boys take them. But as soon as we spun the block, hit the corner, right in the trash can. I'm not letting my kids eat hot dogs from strangers. Am I wrong? Just curious. Uh, anyway, yeah, let's talk about football because that's what y'all tuned in for. So let's get it. Nah, for real though, handing out glizzies to kids on Halloween is crazy to me. I mean, dude even had the table set up with the candy on one side and the condiments for the hot dogs on the other. I was like, my man, we're just going to stick with the Twix and the Snickers minis and we're just going to keep it pushing. But appreciate you. I'm just going to let you know off top. If you see me in your neighborhood for any holiday gathering, whatever. Random reason I might be around your way. Don't be a complete stranger and try to give my kids hot dogs. We may take them respectfully, but as soon as we're out of your sight, Kobe, right in the dumpster. But anyway, number one, I'm going to call this one because, and you're probably going to get tired of hearing me talk about this, but I'm going to call it out every time it happens. There is some very clear hate and bias with regard to Justin Herbert and to a lesser extent, the Chargers, but mostly 10. I'm not sure if I missed it, but uh, did any of you folks out there happen to see any national coverage on any of these sports shows about the Chargers and Bears game? Like any real highlights? And I'm not saying you really have to go look for them, because if you go on YouTube, I mean, you're in the algorithm. They know what you watch. They hear what you say because they're listening, by the way. You would get served up something. I mean, you're a Chargers fan. You probably watch a lot of Chargers content. You'd be hard pressed to miss something like that. But for some strange reason, I didn't see a thing. Now, had the Chargers lost this game and had Herbert underperformed? Boy, oh boy. Some folks out there wouldn't have been able to go to sleep the night before work. They would have led their show off with the segment about the Chargers. But I guess if it doesn't fit the narrative, then just find a way not to talk about it at all. But it's strange to me that 31 for 40 for 300 yards, three TDs and no INTs isn't really newsworthy. When it's your job to talk about football, it's football season, basketball also. But, you know, football reigns supreme and to not talk about 
the only game that was on in primetime on a Sunday night hmm, feels away. But once again, I'm going to continue to call it out as long as I see it. So get used to it or just move right along to the next thing. Cause I, I ain't rocking with that, man. I ain't feeling that at all. And uh, I'm going to say something about it. So there it is. Hopping off my soapbox for now. Hey, yo, be stay late. I think I'm going to dedicate number two to you, my man. I'm going to call it. Because you, my friend, are still treading water. And you managed to survive another week. Because it was touch and go there. And I'm sure a lot of you guys out there remember just last week, I mentioned that a very, very sick and twisted part of me kind of sort of wanted to know what would happen in the event the Chargers actually lost that game to the Bears. But wasn't meant to be. And I guess we shall never know. Well, as of right now, and we're talking about hovering around 500 in a year that you're supposed to be all in middling should be an issue and kind of staying stagnant not making any additional moves around the trade deadline doesn't really feel to me like a team that's pushing all their chips in now of course this is the charges that we're talking about we know how they normally get down if they're somewhere in contention or at least they feel like they can be they're going to roll with what they have particularly if they're dealing with injuries and are expecting guys to come back and think they can contribute for instance got Jalen Guyton coming back which we all know the Chargers think very highly of or who we know the Chargers think highly of should I say and maybe just maybe his speed element vertically will allow for Quentin Johnston to be utilized properly because we saw that breakout come in. I mean, as much as a what five reception, 50 yard a day can be considered a breakout, but it was for him because they literally haven't been using him all season, at least not appropriately. But we saw the manufacture some touches for him last week. And I think maybe hopefully it's a sign of things to come, but we'll talk a little bit about QJ more later on for now. Brandon, the focus is on you. Because when we talk about just your defense, this has been a point of contention for most of Chargers fandom. You gave up against the Bears. What was it? On the ground, 73 yards rushing, 232 in the air. So not a horrible day defensively. And you managed to keep the Bears to 13 points, which with a Division II QB, you probably should have. And there shouldn't have been a question about that. But we know how y'all like to get down. And as far as the defense is concerned, some of the changes that were made that I do appreciate is that they were playing a little uh, bit of combo technique on the outside with their corners. I saw more Mike Davis playing press uh, to the boundary. It was still playing Zion off in soft man coverage and some off zone. But I'll give you a pass here. Because they were forcing Bajan to drive the ball to the numbers, which he doesn't have a terrible arm. It's not like Tua level pop gun, nothing like that. But he still doesn't have the strongest one. And ASJ was baiting him into a couple of those throws, jumped a few of them. And I mean, dude could have had for the game like two or three picks easy. 
but that's like more in his wheelhouse so if you want asj to operate in space i'm cool with that not to the tune of like 10 to 12 yards off but if you want to give him like five to eight yard cushions and let him operate in short areas because that's where he's elite he has that type of twitch cool we know that ain't mike davis's bag so you had him playing more press awesome uh there were instances where he was playing off which i didn't love but you were mixing up the coverages and techniques i'm okay with that just don't make the consistent off soft manner soft zone what you do for the remainder of the year and i think you'll be okay just play the players to their strengths so bravo to brandon staley for doing what he needed to do this past week now we just need to see it continued because you're coming up against a jets team with a less than stellar quarterback of their own you know him as zach wilson i refer to him as the hobby lobby heathen hide your moms your aunts heck maybe even your grandmothers could dude loves a cougar just saying and he's been playing a little bit better as of late managing the game not forcing the ball i mean he still does it from time to time but again we're not talking about high quality qb play he does have weapons though you're talking about an ascending garrett wilson and a grown man at running back in Brees hall nothing to be taken lightly so brandon Tell your defense pack that lunch pail because it's probably going to be a knockdown drag out fight. Just prepare yourselves for it. Don't come in there riding high off of a win. I mean, again, it was the Bears. Get that game plan together and be ready for a battle. For all you uh, cool cats and kittens that elected to join the audio adventure today, you won't be able to see this, but I've switched the camera angle up just a bit to bring you in closer. Because your boy has to have a personal conversation with you. Gotta admit something. I was wrong. And if I'm going to beat my chest when I'm correct, then I can't back my way into the bushes when I'm wrong about something, right? So I'm going to call number three, trimming the fact. Because the Chargers cut Trey McKitty. Didn't think that was ever going to happen. But let's talk about where I was off. In that 2021 draft where mostly everyone felt like the Chargers reached for a tight end because pickings were slim and they needed a bigger body guy that could be in line and essentially be an addition to the O-line in the running game, McKitty was kind of last of what was left in that mold. And I saw the vision. Like, particularly when I went back and looked at him on tape at Florida State before he transferred to Georgia. At FSU, they used him a bit more as a receiver. And I was, again, I saw the vision. It made sense to me. He gets to Georgia. They're more of a run first team, so they don't utilize him in the passing game as much. But I feel like I saw what the Chargers saw. Boy, was I wrong. And in typical Chargers fashion, they threw something at the wall in the third round to see if it stuck. And it did not. But boy, did they try to make it as they tend to do. And they held on to McKitty a tick longer than what they needed to, but it's the charge away, especially when they spend higher draft capital on it. They aren't willing to admit when something just isn't going to work. Guy just didn't develop. And I feel bad for him. I mean, you're talking about three years, someone who had 16 receptions, 117 yards, and not a single touchdown. 
for a year, he looked like he was at least going to be a pretty good blocker in the run game. And then suddenly it was almost like y'all seen Space Jam, right? The monsters came down and stole his abilities and just never came back with them. Ran off on the plug twice. <clears throat> and Trey was just kind of a complete liability on the field. Anytime Stone Smart can get in the game as an undrafted guy and produce at a higher level in the running game with a smaller frame than you have. By the way, the dude is a former quarterback talking about Stone Smart. If he's executing better and being more physical as a blocker and understanding his responsibilities in the run game better than you, and he's only been playing the position a few years, not saying a whole lot about you, my man. Now you're somebody else's problem. And more than likely, we're going to see this dude go the same route as a bunch of other Chargers players who couldn't hack it with the team. And it was clear that they weren't going to be around for very long. Well, in our eyes, but the Chargers still tried to make it work. And he may end up on another roster, another couple rosters, or he may just disappear into the abyss and you'll never hear from him again. I wouldn't be shocked because he doesn't really serve a purpose. And yeah, now that you look at it, he was probably drafted at least two rounds too early. I mean, you could argue probably shouldn't have been drafted at all. But I don't want to be disrespectful to the guy. I'm sure he was putting in the work. He's just one of those cats that didn't pan out. And uh, now there are a couple of questions. But I wouldn't be surprised if for some strange reason, the blocking in the tight end room improved. And boy. You want to commend them for cutting bait now, I guess, as opposed to waiting any longer and giving a few other guys some opportunities. But if the run game gets better somehow now that he's gone. <laughs> what can you really say about the way that they manage this situation? Uh, all right, Trey, man, you know what? I wish you best of luck. I don't want to bag on you too much more because it's going to get ugly if I continue this. So we're going to move on to the next one. I hope you find success, whatever you uh, do, wherever you find yourself, whether it's on another team or in another path in life. But best of luck to you. Sorry, it didn't work out. Feels good to have this conversation. Uh, are you all ready for this? I'm going to call number four Q&A. I'm not joking. And you can check it. And you watch the game so you know I'm not lying. Almost doesn't feel real though. The Chargers targeted Quentin Johnson at least six times. Might have actually been seven. And I mentioned this before. He walked away with five receptions for 50 yards. But because he's basically been MIA the entirety of the season. This might have well have been like eight receptions for a buck 50. Felt like it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how they were able to manufacture these touches. The first came by way of a bubble screen that only went for like three yards, but see what they were trying to do. Get them going. Uh, the second came on a curl or a stick route uh, for about 11 yards where he was actually able to gain a little bit of separation at the top of his route, which we know is not really his strong suit, but good on him for making it happen. Um, the third was on a shallow cross where he got the ball in space and was able to make three guys miss. Sound familiar? A little TCU-ish? I think so. But also, man, I think Chris Collinsworth might have uh, 
got man moist on that plate. I don't know if y'all heard him, but dude was over the top happy about that from QJ. He was kind of fawning over him the whole game. It was a little weird, but we're ha we were happy about it too. So I kind of sort of get where you're coming from, Chris, but that was a lot, dog. Pause. You got to chill out. <coughs> Relax. Mm, the fourth was on another shallow crosser. Noticing a trend here. And uh, he was basically the point man out of trips, the point wide receiver. And ran another again shallow cross for about six yards. And the last was a back shoulder throw from Herbo where that ball was placed perfectly. And it went for about 18 yards. Something else in common here. I believe every reception that he had on Sunday night went for a first down. So he's moving the chains. These weren't just pointless catches. They weren't just trying to cram the ball to him for the sake of doing it. He was contributing meaningful meaningful receptions to the offense and moving it along the question is will they continue to do it let me tell you what it felt like it was going to have to be something that they were forced into because we saw uh, joshua palmer hop off on one leg to the tent and do like i mentioned this on after hours i think he must be wolverine because the way that he went off to the sideline looked like it was bad and there was no way he was going to return. And lo and behold, dude came back. Got to be adamantium in that knee. They said that you could actually physically hear him screaming in that tent. I don't know what the hell they were doing in there. Maybe he was regenerating, something like that. Maybe they gave him a sensu bean. He could be a Saiyan. I don't know. Just things I'm throwing out there. All ideas could be wrong. What do I know? So just a... It felt like they were going to be forced again to get QJ on the field because they were kind of running low on wide receivers, even though, and I take this personally, Simi Fajoko got his first touchdown. Dude who just showed up like two weeks ago, still learning the playbook. He got his first TD before Quentin Johnson has one. Uh, and I took that personally, as Michael Jordan said. But we're getting there. Baby steps. And you just kind of have to revisit what QJ was when they drafted him. And this is where I'm going to shoot the charges just a little bit of bail. He was an extremely raw wide receiver coming out of TCU. Um, he really only aligned to like one side of the formation pretty much his entire time there. And he had a really, really, really limited route tree. So you're stepping up into the NFL and you have to be much more nuanced in, um, you know, your technique and also learning those playbooks and, basically you know where you're gonna have to align um you're not going to be in one spot you're gonna have to learn multiple positions because there may come times when you have to get flexed you won't just be able to play x and i don't think he's a true x anyway i've said from the very beginning that i think he should be a z receiver playing off the line of scrimmage they need to get him in space motion him a bunch let him play some slot but he's just not he doesn't possess the type of physicality you need as an ex. We know QJ's history. He modeled himself after smaller wide receivers because he wasn't always a tall guy. Hit a growth spurt and his skill set stayed the same and his mindset also remained the same. Just didn't grow with him, with his body, should I say. So the Chargers have to understand that and utilize him accordingly. He's not Mike Williams 2.0. Because he's a tall dude with dreads. Get over that. Even though they do still try to throw him 50-50 balls. We saw that just in this game. And he was actually passing a fear with on that particular play. So he may have still come down with it. If he had the opportunity to use both hands. Don't know. But that is not his strong suit. So let's get beyond that. 
Let him do what works. You saw it. Mimic it. Continue it. It's next week. You're going to need him again. Because you're going against a very stingy Jets defense. Y'all know that bad man Sauce Gardner is out there. Uh, I don't think Keenan's going to see a bunch of him because you know Slade plays a lot in the slot, but they do move around. Don't know what Palmer's going to look like next week, but I would imagine that knee is probably going to limit him a bit. QJ is going to find himself in another situation where he's going to need to show up. And the Chargers can't be scared to give him the ball and let him do his thing. And man, if Darius Davis doesn't start getting some more touches again, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. Maybe Jalen Guyton is going to be back. Great. Let him run the cardio routes. Give him all the nines and posts and, you know, uh, nine and go routes you want. Fine. Let him run all over the field. I'm sure he needs the exercise so he can get his wind on back and his feet and legs under him. Let him do all that. Allow QJ to operate in the short and intermediate portions of the field. and Let Slay be Slay as much as he can. But again, very happy for the output that we saw from Quentin Johnston. Saw some flashes of what he can be and hopefully the chargers take heed and continue to let the young man cook or else why'd you draft him in the first round in the first place this game worries me and it did from the beginning of the year when i saw it on the schedule but for different reasons now than at that point in time we're gonna call number five flip the script We might as well talk about some of the things the Chargers have to do versus things that they can't do. So have to's versus can't do's. How we feel about that? Cool. Let's start here. The Jets beat the Giants in overtime last week on a field goal. After holding the Giants to negative nine yards passing. Think about that. They only beat a team by three points in overtime after holding them to negative nine nine yards passing so you listen to that and you feel like oh well we'll definitely toss the ball around a lot better than the giants did i mean they were on their third string quarterback so that has a lot to do with it and like yeah justin herbert's not dude's name devito i was about to call him danny devito and it's just disrespectful so i won't do that but his last name devito pretty sure about that sure justin herbert is different But that doesn't take away from the fact that that defense is top tier, at least against the pass. And then when you look at the Chargers side of things, you're feeling all confident about Zachy Boy rolling out there. Well, let's keep this in mind. Um, For a defense whose philosophy is predicated on keeping the top on offenses, uh, they yield the most passing yards per game in the league. The Chargers, that is. Makes absolutely no sense. I know. So it's just typical bizarro stuff for the Chargers. But we're accustomed to that as fans. Jets have only scored over 23 points, I believe, one time this year. So you got to you got to hope that the Chargers don't decide to do what they normally do and be the what what, what is it? You know it. I always say it. The cure for what ails you can't do that this week. So, again, on to the half twos. Start with offense. Got to stay ahead of the sticks. Um, and to do that. You're going to have to commit to the run game and actually make the Jets respect it. Now, as good as the Jets defense is overall, they're actually bottom five in the league against the run, believe it or not. 
So you're going to have to use the run to set up those shot plays. And I know the Chargers run game has been essentially anemic since week one. Even with the return of Austin Eckler, it hasn't looked like much of anything at all. I believe much of that has to do with Will Clapp playing center. But, I mean, it's been weeks now. The fact that they can't get it together and still don't seem to be uh, willing to show a commitment to the power run game is frustrating, to say the very least. But you're going to have to put your big boy pants on, bring the lunch pail out, and get ready to pound the rock, at least a little bit, because you're going to need that to set up any shots down the field. Kellen Moore is going to have to be ready to play the long game. I'm talking about prepare himself to like go on multiple extended drives, like 10 plays or more, um, and just essentially taking what the defense gives. So in the running game, but also on some short swing passes, dump offs, check downs to Austin Eckler, you might have to play the short game and just take your time moving the ball down the field and hopefully at the end of those drives getting points at least three you can't have these extended drives that result in nothing but also don't expect them to score seven every time now or most times just got to make the most of it where you can um they're actually the jets that that is are at the top of the league at defending uh explosive plays over 20 plus yards so again don't think you're gonna come out there and go bombs away i mean you got sauce gardner out there and dj reed so hopefully that wasn't in your plans to begin with but let's just be realistic here fact of the matter is you're going to have to work your way down the field and be efficient and avoid mistakes you've got to win the turnover battle you can't lose this game because of making errant throws fumbling things of that nature go look at some of these teams that the Jets have played and even if they don't defeat them they play them closely look at some of the names some of the quarterbacks I believe Patrick Mahomes threw a couple of interceptions against them uh, I believe Jalen Hurts had like a three interception game against the Jets the teams that boast the better quarterbacks their guys don't necessarily perform as well as what you might see on the stat sheet against Zach Wilson not because Zach Wilson's a good quarterback but because their defense is so good and they force other teams into turnovers. So the Chargers can't get beat that way. Uh, this is going to be a rock fight. So as a viewer, get ready for it. And then, interestingly enough, uh, when we're talking like time of possession and just being on the field with the ball, the Chargers average about 65 offensive snaps per game to the Jets, who are tied for the second fewest offensive play, uh, plays per game in the league at a little over 57. So if you can win the time of possession and you can keep the turnovers to a minimum, sorry about that work-related stuff, um, you're probably setting yourself up for a much better opportunity to be successful. Now let's talk about some of the things that the Chargers have to do on defense. I mentioned this again with the offense. You got to play discipline. No busted coverages in the secondary and you don't want to have those drive extending penalties. You know, the charges are famous for those, particularly on third down. It's never pretty. Uh, you got to have to make them earn every blade of grass they get. Don't allow Zach Williams. I'm Zach Williams. Uh, Zach Wilson to get easy points on short fields or put them in position and just get three if they don't get seven because you're making boneheaded penalties, whether it's in coverage, stupid offsides penalties, roughing the passer when you do get to them. 
all of those things will put you in a position to more than likely lose the game because you shouldn't lose it if you're playing clean against Zach Wilson. I'm just saying. No disrespect to the man, but with all due res- disrespect, actually. He's trash, is what it is. Um, the Jets actually, I'm sorry, the Chargers, by the way, have the fifth-ranked rush defense in the league, and they have to stay on track this week, by the way. You're going against a nice stable of backs led by Brees Hall, and we know that Brees is a monster. The flip side to this, though, is the Jets' offensive line is a mess right now. We're talking about backups, practice squad dudes all over the place. So with that being said, you've got to force them to be one-dimensional, and them not being great up front should lend themselves to that. If you have to make Zach Wilson drop back 30-plus times, you're probably in a good place. But if we're talking about a game where he only has to throw the ball like in the mid 20s, low to mid 20s in attempts and he's being fairly accurate and we're talking about him still managing like 70 plus percent on completions, they're probably having a good game on the ground. And the defense is probably doing their job, too. So ideally, you want to force them to have to have Zach Wilson drop back multiple times over 30 if possible. And throw the ball around the yard. He'll give you opportunities to pick it off. And that'll help you in that turnover battle that we discussed earlier. So trying to make Zach Wilson to play uh, or forcing him to play in those third medium plus situations is very advantageous to the Chargers. Now, let's talk about some can't do's. So back on offense. You can't fool yourself into believing that you're going to be able to drop Justin Herbert back on five to seven step drops a bunch of times on Monday night just not how that's going to work the Jets pass D is like the polar opposite of their run defense Uh, they're third in the league against the pass and they hardly ever blitz I mean there's a cupboard full of guys that can get after the quarterback up front so they'll send four and they'll be very successful I think they have like the highest uh, rush rate against the pass in the league so again they are definitely on one side where the run game is concerned not great but they flip the game on the head when you have to pass the ball. So balance is going to be key once again. Uh, and you can't be forced to abandon the run. So like I said before, balance is important. It has to be respectable. So we're talking Austin Eckler. Um, Joshua Kelly may need to step up and have a big game. And I've all but given up on them giving opportunities to Isaiah Spiller. I'll just believe it when I see it um, at this point. And then also, um, this plays directly into the strength of their defense, by the way. So backtracking a little bit, if you give up on the run, then you're allowing them to do exactly what they want to do and pinning their ears back to get after Herbert. Speaking of Herbert, 10, you cannot get locked in on Keenan Allen all game. It's not going to work this week, especially on third downs. This defense won't allow for that. It's not going to fly. Um, Joshua Palmer still battling a knee. Not sure what his status is at this point. If he's even going to really play. I would imagine if he does, he's not going to be all that effective. So, Quentin Johnson, you have to continue from last week. Hopefully, the team gives you opportunities. Uh, Gerald Everett looks like he's back. You're going to need Parham to step up. And Eckler in the passing game as well. And they're going to have to make plays to help keep drives moving along and extend 
extend them. So if you're finding yourself in third down, you're going to have to look at other options to keep the chains moving, not just slay, because the Jets will key in on that and make it very, very difficult for you. On defense, some other can-dos. You can't allow long drives. Um, their offense is relatively anemic. And um, you're going to have to be able to get off of the field and allow your offense the opportunity to kind of build a lead. And that's probably going to have to come by way of a few field goals. I kind of spoke to that already. You're going to need every opportunity you can get to put points up on the board because it's probably going to come incrementally. You're not going to be scoring a bunch of touchdowns. Just shouldn't look for the Chargers to walk out of this game with over 30 points on the board. I would be shocked if they score more than 25. But 25 should be enough to win you this game. So, is what it is. And the other thing is you can't struggle to get after Wilson with this patchwork offensive line in front of him. You have to be able to put pressure on him. Uh, They're literally being held together by, like, scotch tape. I don't know how they're making it, but they are. This is a game where Bosa, Mack, Thule, and Fox should be able to give the Jets hell. There's no excuse for it. And if they can't do it this week against this Jets team... I don't know who they can do it against. So it's gut check time. Strap up. Be ready to go to war, man, because it's going to be that type of a battle this week. And the Chargers have to show that they're willing to step up to the plate and play a physical brand of football. Prove to us that you're not the finesse team we all think you are. Here's your best opportunity. So that's it, man. That is all from me. I'm done with my babbling for the week. Uh, Per usual, thank you for joining me here. Catch us on After Hours, whether it's a win or a loss. We'll be there to chop it up with y'all and talk through it. And again, till next time, I appreciate you. Y'all keep it light. And let's see how Monday works out. Not sure how I really feel about it. I ain't giving you a score prediction because I think I'm over that with this team currently. But if you ask my opinion on whether the Chargers should win this game, I think they should, but what does that ever really mean? Anyway, catch y'all later. Take it easy. See you. Gone.